0: I'd like to uh, transition into an introspective and reflective time of scripture reading. Uh, will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this night that we can come together and remember the sacrifice of your son. The external pain and shame that he went through and then the internal anguish he must have felt being separated from you. Lord, the weight of that is so heavy, and I pray that we would not brush it aside, but that we would dwell upon it, and think upon it, and think of how much love it took to make that sacrifice, and that love is for us, Lord, that is so beautiful, and I'm so thankful, and I just pray for a wonderful time that can be devoted to you tonight, Lord. And we love you so much. And we ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God said everything that he made, God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day.
1: Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate.
2: Hey y'all, my uh, verse was written uh, hundreds of years before Jesus came to uh, this earth, but you guys tell me what you hear. Isaiah 53, 3 through 11. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not, He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities.
3: Romans 5, 6 through 15. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For for therefore we have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, but was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many.
4: The Gospel of John, chapter 19. where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst, and a jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the word of the Lord, and if you're here tonight, and maybe this is your first Good Friday service, uh, you may be thinking this is different, and it is different. This night is intended to be that way. It's intended to be a time of reflection for our society. That is a hard thing to do, amen? Uh, And So tonight, we take an hour in this holy week as we lead up to Easter to pause, to stop, to reflect. And even though we know, and all of you know, even if you're here and you're not a believer in Jesus, you know Easter's coming. Sunday is coming. Jesus comes back to life. And so maybe some of you are wondering, Tim, why why all the darkness and so somber and and, and the music is a little bit softer and the candles, like why, why embrace this moment this way? Well, even though we know Sunday's coming we don't get to celebrate the glory of resurrection until we've mourned the grief of death. We don't really understand the glory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he beat, sin, Satan, death, and the grave until we realize why that was necessary and why he had to die and what he accomplished on the cross. So tonight we take a few moments to pause, to reflect. And I think as we reflect, one of the things, again, everyone reflects on at some level is why is it called Good Friday? I think about my three kids. They stayed home from school today. Their school is not a Christian school, but, but even a, a public school recognizes Good Friday. And I think some of them might ask, why is it Good Friday? Some of you in this room may, even though you've experienced Good Friday multiple times, you may ask, why is it? Was it called Good Friday again? Well, you see, it starts in the beginning. We started reading in Genesis chapter one where in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and woman and and it was good. And it was good. And man and woman, it was, oh, that's very good. And God's intent was for your good. But we know it doesn't take long. Genesis three, we read that as well, that sin distorts that good. It distorts, it, it destroys that good, and, and that good that God intended brings out the sin, brings out the worst. You see, in some ways, this Good Friday could be called the worst Friday because we read it. It's not a pretty sight, Jesus getting nailed to a cross. It's not a pretty sight, Jesus being betrayed and arrested and crucified up on a hill where everybody could see. It's not a pretty sight. It's not good. It's almost the worst Friday. And it is that way because of sin, because sin distorted God's good intent. And so as we all kind of wonder, why is it, is it good We're gonna get there in a moment, but first we have to understand, why is it the worst? You see, all of us, no matter your spiritual background, no matter if you grew up in a church or not, we can all see the problem. Or we can all see the distortion of sin. We can all see that things aren't good like they were supposed to be. We just look around, you just flip on CNN. You just look at your life. You see it in things like divorce when every Christmas is split between multiple parties because mom and dad can't get along. You see it in things like debt where you never feel at peace. You're always striving, you're always straining, trying to climb that ladder, trying to get out of that hole and you see the problem and everybody sees that. Everybody sees the poverty, everybody sees the pain And almost everybody in the world would would just look at that and say, something is wrong. There is a worse. There is, something is distorted. But not everybody would agree with the solution. But as hard as that is, to see things like poverty, debt, divorce, pain, as hard as it is to see the sin around us, it's much harder to grasp the sin within us. See, Even though we can all see the sin around us, we don't like—we don't like to see it. Right? Turn off the news. We like to see the homeless man. We just act like we don't. We don't like to think about our, our parents' divorce or or our debt. We just just like to think positive vibes and just. But as hard as that is to see the sin around us, it's even harder to see the sin in us. And I think Good Friday it brings that to bear because we we can't help but see it, right? You see, the reality of, of Good Friday is Jesus didn't just come for you. He came because of you. He didn't just die for your sin. He died because of your sin. And we don't, We don't like to think about that. I mean, yeah, the people in prison, the people on the news, and yeah, there's debt, divorce, and pain, and poverty, and homelessness. That's hard enough, but if I think about my own sin, and my own lust, and my own greed, and my own gossip, and I would just like to ignore that a little bit, or at least soften the blow. I mean... Tim, there's other people cheating on their spouse. I just have lustful thoughts. I mean, Tim, I'm just a person who speaks my mind. Gossip, ah, that's a little strong. I mean, Tim, like, I don't, I'm not killing people. I'm not hitting people. I just get a little bit angry, and I just speak in a bitter tone to other people, and we just, we just try to soften the blow of our own sin, and as it's hard as it is to see other people's sin and the sin around us, It's even harder to grasp the sin within us and how it was good. God intent was good. But our sin, your sin, and my sin distorted it. And we don't like to to reflect on that. But as you and I stand before a holy God, we have no choice but to reflect on that. Deuteronomy 28 says it, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall be you in the city. Cursed shall be you in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall be you when you come in and cursed shall be when you go out. That we see is, as we realize sin, not just around us but in us, that Jesus didn't just come for us but because of us as we start to wrestle with the pain of that, we begin to realize that sin doesn't just bring out the worst of humanity, it brings out the wrath of a holy God, cursed. How many times did it say cursed? How many things did it say are cursed? There's not just the worst of humanity, there is the wrath of a holy and just and loving, but a holy and just God for sin. And then we start to realize Maybe this is the worst Friday, and some of you are thinking, Tim, when does it get good? Every Good Friday, my kids ask that question. We always ask them, hey guys, you know what Good Friday means, right? And they usually say something to the effect of, yes, it means that Jesus Christ died for our sin. And you can see it in their face, like as they say that, they always kind of wrestle with, so why then is it good? And so I explained it to my kids this way, and maybe it'll help you, is that um, they have a lot of things at our home. They have a lot of toys, but they didn't buy them, right? Uh, They they couldn't buy them, and in fact, they couldn't pay back how much it cost to buy them. If you're wondering, this is a true-to-life illustration, right? Because they got lots of things, They got lots of toys in our house and they didn't buy one of them. And not only did they not buy one of them true to life, they can't pay any of them back. Right? They owe a debt that they cannot pay. They don't have a job. Right? And so as, as they think about that, and I said, What if someone stepped in and said, All these things, all these things, you didn't buy. You owe a debt, but you have no ability to pay it. Your pockets, they are empty. You can't pay it. And what if someone stepped in and said, I'll pay it? And I'll pay it in full. The debt that you could not pay, I'll pay on your behalf and I I said to my kids after I explained that how would that make you feel if that happened and one of them said happy and the other one said good this is why it's good Friday because sin distorts God's good intention not just around us but in us we come to the cross of Christ who paid our debt in full. The debt we could not pay. Our pockets were empty. And Jesus came along and said, all of that is mine. I'll pay it on your behalf. It's what Galatians 3.13 says, that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse, he redeemed us. That literally means to buy us back, to pay it in full. That's what we read in John chapter 19. It is finished. That didn't just mean that Jesus was done dying on the cross, it meant that sin is finished, the debt is finished, that it's redeemed by the blood of the cross, it's finished. And some of us may think, well, Tim, how how is that possible? How is one person able to cover all of that debt? I mean, there is a lot of debt around us. There is a lot of debt within us. How is Jesus able to do that? It's because, as the graphic shows tonight, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Revelation 5. You see, Jesus is the perfect and the permanent sacrifice for sin. He's the worthy one that could take all of that debt, all the sins you've committed, all the, the lustful thoughts, or all the adultery, or all the gossip, or all the greed, all the sins you've committed, all the ones you've forgotten. And he's worthy. Worthy is the lamb who was slain, the perfect, the permanent sacrifice for all of your sin and all of my sin. This is when Good Friday turns from the worst Friday to Good Friday to the best Friday in all of history. That because Jesus is the worthy, perfect, permanent sacrifice, he doesn't just pay your debt. He credits your account. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, he made him who knew no sin so that you might become not the regular not the respectable one. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on your behalf so that you may become, not regular, not even respectable, so that you may become the righteousness of God in Christ. You you see, this is the student loan debt that you owe that gets paid for in full but not just that you also get an honorary doctorate on the side of your house right this isn't just a debt being canceled you're credited the righteousness of God because worthy is the lamb who was slain because he was the perfect the permanent sacrifice for sin so I want you to let this sink in. I want you to reflect on this, that that Jesus doesn't just pay your debt, although he does. He credits you his righteousness. He doesn't just remove the death sentence and put you in prison. No, scripture tells us he brings you from death to life and he gives you life in abundance. He, He doesn't just remove you from a condemned state and say, well, yeah, just sit over here like I'm okay with you now. No, he re- removes you from a condemned state to the place of a, a child. He doesn't just cancel a debt. He credits you. It's, it's not the worst Friday. It's not even good Friday. It's the most amazing Friday in all of history. Now, imagine... Realizing that and still trying to pay off your debt. Imagine student loans paid in full. Honorary doctorate on your wall. And you're still sending in checks to Sally Mae. How ridiculous is that? Who would do that? No one. Yet every time you strive and strain and white knuckle and good works and maybe I'll be good enough if I serve and maybe I'll be good enough if I love this way, if I forgive this way, if I read a little bit more and pray a little bit more and strive and strain and white knuckle and, and we're, we're sending checks in to Sally Mae, we're sending the checks, the The debt's already been paid. You got the honorary doctorate. He didn't just cancel your sin debt. He didn't just remove you from a place of condemnation. He calls you his beloved child. When Jesus, when God the Father sees you, He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see the sins you've forgotten. He doesn't see the good things that you should have done that you didn't do. He doesn't see those lustful thoughts. He doesn't see what you did to your neighbor or what you thought about your neighbor or your family member. He doesn't see that if you are in Christ, he's credited his righteousness to you. So he looks at you. He doesn't see your sin. He sees his righteous son. And he calls you his beloved child. Now, tonight, as we reflect, that's what we reflect on. That's why it's Good Friday. That's why it's the most amazing Friday in all of history. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment to let that sink in. Because here's my fear. Listen, my fear for us is that we go to Good Friday services. We're going to go to Easter two services on Sunday. And we could go through the motions And in our going through the motions and in our doubt and in our insecurity and in our sin, we could still be striving and straining and white knuckling it and trying to send in the checks for a debt that's already been paid in full, plus some. And I don't want that for you. And so we're gonna take a moment and reflect on the amazing Friday that it is for you and for me. The way we're gonna do that is take communion If you have put your trust in Jesus, we're gonna ask you to come down this center aisle. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna ask you to come down the center aisle and you're gonna take the bread, dip it in the juice or the wine at either station and they're just gonna play softly for a moment and I'm gonna invite you to reflect on what Jesus accomplished for you and because of you and all that he wrought for you at the cross. A debt paid in full, yes. But a righteous, forgiven child of the most high God. Let me pray. God, thank you that even though we distorted your good intentions with sin, that we left a crimson red stain with our sin, not just the sin around us, but the sin within us. That even though we did that and we deserved your curse and we deserved your wrath, that God, you loved us enough to send Jesus on our behalf to pay the debt that we could not pay. And on top of that, not just to put up with us, but to give us an illustration of the most endearing, loving relationship that exists in this world, a parent to a child, unconditional love. I know there's men and women who've maybe heard a a hint of that story, but God, I pray that it would sink in deeper tonight and that we would take this moment to reflect And we wouldn't leave here striving and straining. We would leave here resting in the incredible, amazing, good, gracious Friday that you provided for us. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.